Hello, my name is Eva. And I'm Eva's dad, Rich. And, and welcome, welcome to 50% identical, identical, bridging the gap between generations X and Z, one conversation at a time. to uh, Trader Joe's this week, which is... You love Trader Joe's. I do love Trader Joe's, um, which is very cool for me. I really, I don't live near a Trader Joe's currently, so it's a bit of a drive. Um, I've only been to Trader Joe's twice this year, which is weird. Like, well, actually, no, because I've gone, I've gone when I've gone home, but within my... Yeah, so the, the opposite of, the opposite situation is when you're at home, because it's, uh, literally a three-minute car ride oh yeah i know y'all live close i am not that lucky but um i had a reason to be in the area so that was nice um and there's a mall nearby i got to go to a hot topic that's that's a separate thing but uh i did i did go hot topic is a store yeah it's like a store that sells like band merch and stuff like that i got it all right if you want you did well. We'll come back to mm-hmm. Hot Topic because I know you like that store. But you brought up Trader Joe's. Uh, yeah. Tell what do you like? What do you like about Trader Joe's? Well, it's great because um, there's a lot of good food there, and none of it is practical. But it's like all the foods of your dreams, like just like make up a food <laughs> that you, you yeah. dream about one time, and it's like it's there, and like you know, not really practical. Although I will say the majority of things that I do buy there are very practical things that I got, um, such as I really like their honey Greek yogurt. Yes. I love their honey Greek yogurt. And their creamy tomato soup, a fan favorite really for my entire life because they've carried it, I think, around my entire life. Yeah. I liked it it's a fan favorite. It was a baby. And I've always, I've always liked it. Got four Tetra packs of tomato soup because I need it okay. for a while. <laughs> um, right. I understand. So, well, what's the uh, so so you said uh, I already forgot the words you use. What did you say is normally the type of food you you got there? Uh, not uh, like you said it's food. not. Yeah, it's like food. Dream food, right? Okay. Like if you... So give me an example of some dream food. Well, you know, I mean, they have like just a a real interesting way of I think like pulling out products they just take like a bunch of trending flavors and they put it into other trending flavors so like i'm making up things but they sound like stereotypically trader joe's like well like you know um cauliflower butternut squash mac and cheese gnocchi like that's a thing i think you might see at trader joe's i would agree but like that's like that's some made up stuff like that's not real what i'll I'll give you What's that purple stuff? The Yubu or the, the Ube. 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 Same. I actually they, you, did they, get that. I got a pint of Ube they, ice cream. Well, and but beyond that, you can find they started putting Ube in all sorts of things inside. This. So as an example of what you're talking about. Yeah, Ube got trendy over here. Although I will say, huge staple of a lot of like South Asian cuisine. So it was just sort of brought over here. Oh, I also got the salted maple um, ice cream. You should we have it. had it. So oh, good. we have tried it. Oh, we've had it here at home. It's really good. It's really good. I got a pint of it. It is. It tastes like maple sugar, not like maple right. syrup. And I love maple sugar. I don't like maple syrup as much. Um, 
but I love maple sugar and it tastes like maple sugar and it's delicious. Your sister's a big fan. I yeah, she's right. She likes it a lot. She's correct. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Um but yeah, no, it was great. It was it was very, very fun. Again, I live in the middle of nowhere and where Trader Joe's uh Trader Joe's doesn't set up shop in towns of a thousand people. So, um it was good. And, you know, I mean, some of the, just the shopping experience is so fun. It's so, it's, it's very whimsical inside of a Trader Joe's. I mean, bright colors, like fun displays. Everyone's so nice to you. The the one thing that I really miss mm-hmm. at Trader Joe's, and they haven't brought it back uh, since uh, the pandemic hit, the tasting station. Oh, no, mine had a tasting station. Really? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh, uh, no, the no tasting station at my Trader Joe's there right is. now. It was. It was like this. Like, I think it was like this fall biscotti type situation, like an autumn yeah. flavored biscotti thing. Um, but yeah, no, they had tastes. They had samples. I may have to fly out to where you are just so I can have a taste. That sounds good. That's that's what you will do. And I, the Costco yeah. problem too. Do your Costco? The, Yes, they brought back the taste at my local Costco. That's good. My Costco, but not at not at Trader Joe's. But yeah, well, we got them at Trader Joe's too. So we're we're just we're all around sample everything. Really, I mean, they've gone as far at our Trader Joe's. You just open a bag, you take some out. But <laughs> that's not true. Yeah, I wish it was, but you will have to buy it after. Yeah, yeah. Mandatory. So my my current Trader Joe's obsession, mm-hmm. like legitimately ate three bags last week mm-hmm. of this stuff. The peanut butter filled pretzels. Yeah. Yeah, I saw those. They're good. I, I'm i currently addicted to them. And it will pass. I mean, I've always liked them, but for some reason right now, I, I just can't stop eating them. Mm-hmm. And I'm going through a lot of them. And that's the danger of living as close to Trader Joe's as I do. So when, when you were younger, we lived somewhere else and it would take 20 at least 20 minutes to get to trader joe's which means you had to think about what you were going to get you're like okay what's my reason for going in that direction to get that stuff at trader joe's when you're three minutes away it's like yeah just go to trader joe's and get it not a big deal right and that's dangerous because as soon as i run out of those peanut butter pretzels i go geez i want some more peanut butter pretzels well, three-minute drive, going to get some more. Right. No, it's extremely easy. I will say, I mean, I have lived a very short while from um, from a Trader Joe's for, I'd say, most of my life now, around there, about yes. half of my life. And uh-huh. uh, the part I can remember better anyway, because, you know, your your mind starts to remember things more as you get older. Um, so, yeah, I've been terribly spoiled, and I have to drive for at least 40 minutes to get to a Trader Joe's now. Well, like, not only do you have to drive at least 40 minutes, you don't, I mean, if you drove your own car, my guess is even 40 minutes away, you would have been to Trader Joe's more than you've currently been. That is true. I don't, I don't drive. So it, it does happen. You rely on others for transportation. That's that correct. also works against you. Yes. No, I do have to go in groups. The reason I went to Trader Joe's actually mall is because someone else needed to go to the Apple store. So I'm like, okay, I'll come. Oh, what a day. <laughs> Let me tell you, for me, what a day that would be. Apple Store, Trader Joe's. Yeah. That's a good time. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I never actually saw the inside of the Apple Store because I was in a different part of the mall. But yeah, that's what I, I basically just have to wait for somebody else to need to go into a direction. I'll be like, I'll come with. I'll come with. I'll go to Trader Joe's. Um, <laughs> Exciting. So you've uh, you've got a lot of food now. Sort of. Yeah. 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 Got yeah. a considerable amount. I got 
the like the puffy corn things. I got some, yeah. I got the halva. I got the marble halva. Although their halva is not like my favorite necessarily at Trader Joe's. Get better elsewhere, but you know it's limited. I got- Do you have a favorite halva? Um, yeah, but I forget the name of the brand. Oh, like, well. like no free um, advertising for them. It's like a really small company that's, I think, more or less local-ish to where you live. Because I remember mm-hmm. I get it. Um, By the way, it makes me sad when you say where you live. And I realize that uh, you're somewhere else right now. Yeah. But, you know. Well, because if I said yeah. local to where I live, that would not make sense. Would it? I know. Yeah. No, I um, understand. And then, and then you know, I got I got four Tetra Packs of, um, of soup. Right. I get four tetra packs of food. and I got like a ton of food, and that the other thing with um with that that really trap oh, and then I got the ice cream, uh, the stuff that really traps you with with uh traders also is it's like not expensive either, so like I got like a ton of food, and when you know I checked out I wasn't like oh no my brain's melting it's so pricey. Cause- Remember when I visited you last spring though when we went to Trader Joe's? Yeah, but we got like four bags of stuff. That was that. We got a lot funny. of food. I yeah, I didn't yeah. purchase that much this time, but you know I was like that's right. like reasonable, like especially with inflation and stuff. Oh, that's nice. Um, because I was thinking if I got like kind of the same amount of food at like another store, I think it would have cost more. Um, if I was to go to like a Stop and Shop or something. Right. right. Um. So, you know, it's cool. And I and I I love their soup. I love the soup. And so I have so much soup now. Have you ever had the butternut squash? Uh the butternut squash what? Or just like soup. Oh soup. I'm sorry, we're talking about you mentioned soup, so oh, I said the butternut squash. I have a soup. lot of butternut squash stuff at Trader Joe's. No, I haven't. It's- yeah, seemingly butternut squash cauliflower gnocchi. They do have you know, butter- or whatever you <laughs> whatever you called it earlier. They have butternut squash mac and cheese though, they do, for real. That's real. Um but no, I've never had the soup. Is it good? Uh, I haven't. That's why I was asking I you. Know. And I will tell you, we we have purchased, though we've not eaten it yet, the butternut squash macaroni and cheese bites. Oh, that's nice. Is it good? I haven't had it yet. Oh, you haven't? I thought you said you had. No, we bought it. Good. It's in my freezer. Okay. We just haven't made it well, yet. Well, let me know. Let me know. They have. We, we may try to uh, have uh, a certain uh, other child in my house uh, see if uh, mm-hmm. he'll eat that. That's an interesting thing. Okay, good luck. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yes. I. They do actually have my favorite frozen, like, pre-made mac and cheese in all the world. Their diner mac and cheese uh-huh. It's just my favorite mac and cheese. It's, like, not, you know, like, homemade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I've never had that. You should. It's it's okay. decadent. It's lovely. Um, Is that your uh, pick to click? Yeah, but that's pick. You're not clicking it. You're eating it, aren't you? You're 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 getting it from the store. You're putting it in the oven for like thirty minutes, and then you're taking it out. You're stirring it. You're letting it kind of like sit for a minute or two, and then you're gonna eat it. Yeah, because yours that's is uh, music to choose it, I and that's uh, and it doesn't match up with the food. It really does. We'll have to do. <laughs> Eva's food to consume. <laughs> oh, that's good. Eva's food to consume yeah. of this week is, uh, yeah. is the Trader Joe's Diner Mac and Cheese. It's quite good. All right, let here. Uh, be quiet for a second. I need to uh, let's let's get a take on this. Okay, okay. you ready? Mm-hmm. Eva's food to consume. All right, I'll have that ready for uh, next show. Do you want to hear about my music to choose it though? Well. What about uh, Hot Topic? Oh. You said that was in the... So Hot Topic was in the same mall? Yeah, strip they mall? have like... Well, yeah, because we went to like an actual mall mall to go to so, the store. Yeah, 
so the thing about Hot Topic, I'll let you explain mm-hmm. what Hot Topic is in a second. Ironically enough, I know you like that store. Yes. And I was just at the mall near our house that has the Hot Topic because mm-hmm. I had to return some fast fashion yeah. as a callback to a uh, previous episode. And I went into the Hot Topic thinking, I wonder, maybe there'd be something that uh, Eva would really like. And I went in there and I'm sure there would be, but I couldn't see anything that was like definite in my mind that Eva would like that. So I didn't buy anything, but I, I did go into the store and uh, took a look around. So tell us about Hot Topic. Well, I went to Hot Topic and um, I did buy one piece of unethically produced fashion. Um, well, so what type of store is Hot Topic? Hot Topic, so it sort of morphed, but it was originally like a mall goth emo type hotspot store they sold like a lot of alternative fashion a lot of band tees um like merch things like that now it's more of like um like a pop culture sort of alternative stuff and they do still sell a lot of band merchandise and i wanted to go in to see what their my chemical romance selection was um and i did i did find one and the viewers won't be able to see this but you will so i'm gonna show it but it's all right it's um so i have a couple others. I have um, a concert tee from their latest tour, which they 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 did not have a uh, a tour concert shirt that I noticed when I was there. So that's different already. Okay, go on. No, 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 not from the Hot Topic. I'm just saying I have it already. Oh, oh, gotcha. And the 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 shirt that I wanted that was sold out at the booth that we went. I'm seeing more and more and more online. And I I if it ever goes on to like eBay or something, I have to get it because it's it's like. It is my dream shirt. Anyway, but I have I have um, that. I have a Three Cheers shirt and a Danger Days shirt. So those are like album eras. Um, but now I have another one. And this one is a Black Parade shirt. Oh, I like it. Now, the... So, so it's got, how would you describe the shirt? It's got, of course, My Chemical Romance across the top. And then it's got, what? what is it right below there as far so as it, the people? It's the MCR, you know, so My Chemical Romance logo. Then it's all the band members. Now, this is this is back when they had a drummer, officially. Right. That era had a yes. drummer. So there's five uh-huh. members on the shirt. And then they're just sort of standing. Um, and then below that is, you know, different characters that go along with the concept album, along with, like skulls and things like that, you know, cause that's their, that was their thing at that era. So, um, yeah, cause I'd really only seen shirts with the Black Parade album cover on it and I didn't really want that. So, um, I'd, I'd waited patiently to find a Black Parade shirt that I really liked and I found it and I do, I really like it. So, um, that was really good. Excellent purchase. Yes. And so... You know how when you work in retail, sometimes you have to get people's numbers for like rewards programs and you there's like a quota you have to hit? I didn't know about the quota, but the first part I'm aware, they ask me for my phone number. There's a quota. I've had friends who've worked retail and you have to get, you have to get numbers. Okay. I was misled and this is probably unethical, but like I forgive her because I just think that there's like a certain style to this. I walked up to the register, I handed her my shirt and she's like, um, I need your number, honey. And so I just gave it to her. Because I was like, okay, she seems to need it, so I'll give it to her, that's fine. And then she, like, tallied it, and I'm like, oh, that's why. Because in my head, I was like, she doesn't know I've ever shopped here before, but they have my number. I'm in the system. She didn't ask if I was in the system. I I don't know when she's entered that. I'm sure I don't know if that quote actually counts to her quota but i was like oh she just needs my number i'll give it well i think i'm i'm thinking she probably put your number in and saw you were in the system i'm hoping maybe that's what but she did i saw anyway. i saw her tally on her clipboard oh gotcha okay yeah yeah, like, yeah oh that's good actually because i think when people are asked they're way more likely to say no 
when people are just like told they'll kind of just do it because like calling something out of the ordinary I think is harder to do like psychologically even to just catch that something is sort of out of the ordinary you know mm-hmm. versus being asked so good for her um but yeah so I got I got my shirt I got my groceries it was overall a good day um pretty exhausting so that was that good time. I had a good week but I will tell you my mouth is really hurting right now mm. I'm, uh, as I've said, well, you knew this, regardless of us having a podcast, I've got braces in my mouth. I can see you. That is correct. Yes. And I never thought I would have braces on at age 51. So what happens when, when I go to the, the orthodontist, so that term, I didn't really understand the term tightening your braces or at least from, I don't know if, if they handle different people differently as far as the braces. But when I go, every time I, I go, they, uh, take off the wire Mm -hmm. they take the wire off and they look at my teeth and decide what they need to do and then they put in new wire and at that point they're tightening the wire and it's tight and two things occur for the next several days my teeth hurt a lot because it's really tight and then uh the edges of the wire tend to turn my uh insides of my cheeks into swiss cheese ah it's not good and I was smart enough to uh, ask her, the, the woman who was doing it, to sort of smooth out the side that was really getting me last time. But I should have known that the other side might be a problem. Right. And and it, it is. And so uh, I may have to go back in uh, tomorrow to see if they can just uh, use their little sander and make it easier. But it's like every time I... So I've got wax on it right now, mm-hmm. but like eating is painful. Oh. Uh Talking is painful when I don't have the wax on. Uh, it's just, it's not a fun experience. I'm pretty much over these braces, and it's going to be a long time still. Yeah, that deterred me from ever getting braces, although maybe I will eventually want to do that. I have to get my wisdom teeth out. I mean, like, you do? Well, I don't know for sure, but the, I can I can feel them. Like, okay. like, if I put, like, if I put, like, my finger to my gum, I can feel, like, and my, my tongue also, I can do the outline of the tooth. I can feel the hardness. Mm-hmm. It's sore. Yeah. I think I'm running out of time. I don't have a dentist. That's a separate thing. But, you know, <laughs> or at least over here, I don't. Yeah. Um, But it's all good, you know. There's all of our different... Uh, well, I had my wisdom teeth taken out in the last, uh, you know, way back when I was 50 years old, mm-hmm. I had my wisdom teeth taken out and, uh, the wisdom teeth, uh, it wasn't that bad, but you know, there were things that have been more fun in my life. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have physical space in my mouth to leave the wisdom teeth until I'm 50. There's there's n- there's not room. There. Yeah, I I guess I was lucky. My wisdom teeth had totally come through, mm-hmm. and they were they were just there. But to uh, to to fix my mouth, which includes the jaw surgery and straightening all my teeth, they needed the additional space. So out came the wisdom teeth. Yeah, no, there just really isn't there isn't space. So I just have to hope and pray they are not really coming. Well, if you had a mouth as big as your daddy's, you I'm would not be okay. Six seven, you know. I think. Yeah. I think there are like just some physical limitations. Also, I went to McDonald's yeah. when I was a child, and he said that I had a small jaw, and then I needed to get teeth pulled. So I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah. All right. Well, good luck to you on that. Thank you. Can I have my music mm-hmm. to choose it now? Uh, <laughs> do uh, yeah. If you, you music to choose, it is <laughs> my music to choose it. What do you got? Well, it's it's more of a conceptual music to choose it. Okay. And it is the idea of MCR releasing new music ever again. Um, so what, why uh, why do you think that we will get more? new mcr music i don't think anything i don't think anything i'm going with flow i'm choosing not to get attached too much to any which way but there's sort of okay. more and more evidence mounting that there may be new music released by the band the american rock band by chemical romance um in the future and i mean that's great like and, and well what what is this evidence well i'm <laughs> It's a little thin, okay? So, the first okay. one is that Frank Iero, one of the members of the American Rock Band, uh-huh. My Chemical Romance, um, uh, mentioned that they had been in the studio, like, at some point, like, pr- prior to the tour. Um, Gerard Way on stage has been talking about, like, the band. Like, okay, so, it was said in a couple different cities, but I remember the exact quote from Denver where Andrade was like, uh, I'm practicing all of these new techniques to get used to the altitude that I'm sure I'll forget by the next time I'm back here, right? And it was said that they will come back here sort of offhandedly in a couple other cities, meaning that they might come back to these cities. Why would they be doing that? Because they're going to be touring again. Oh, why else would they be touring? New music maybe? I don't know. And then what's currently trending on Twitter right now is that um there was this there are these like plushes that one for like each album that are being sold on a couple different websites and somebody wrote uh, a copy which i'm going to read to you now um alternative rock comma pop punk comma emo whatever you want to call it my chemical romance changed the mainstream music landscape with their powerful anthems and theatrical style this plush inspired by their fifth album the return of mcr is five inches tall right so you may say "Mm, they're just making this up because if there's five plushes and four of them correspond albums and the fifth is for the return right then you you know whatever whatever but i'm choosing to be a fifth album truther and i'm like okay you don't know you don't know it could be now you don't know the thing if they name their fifth album the return of mcr like come on they could have come up with a better name but that's all right i'll still listen to the music and the foundation of decay is really good i've been listening to it frequently they can make more music that sounds like that like come on who wouldn't want new mcr music you know a couple years ago you asked me hey if you want new mcr music i'd say no no, they can't ever live up to my expectations. But then they released Foundations of Decay and it lived up to my expectations. So like, yeah, I'm all for new MCR music now. And so that's sort of like my conceptual music to choose it is I is I choose the idea of, of future My Chemical Romance music, which I would be elated to hear. Well, that would be this week's Eva's Music <laughs> to Choose yeah, It. Thank you so much. What if they were just to come back and tour again, though? Without a new album, would you be okay with that? I'd go and see them. Yeah. Okay. I'd, I'd be yeah. I'd be jazzed. I just think you know maybe maybe it's happening. You never know. Gerard has to create, I think, and I think there's also um, an innate sort of internal drive to make music because I mean Gerard has done. I mean 
solo album, Hesitant Alien Exists, right? Oh, which, by the way, I do have a new three songs that are now on my top. Changed. Um, I still haven't listened to the last three songs. I feel like I should just listen to the whole album because at some point, all of the songs will be in your top three. Very correct. But, you know, okay. so Gerard did do Hesitant Alien, but then also has had some, like, singles and stuff after and um mentioned that like writing comics is good like there's this interview that was from a while ago and Gerard mentioned that like writing comics is like good and a great out for art form but does not come as naturally or quickly uh as writing songs so I don't know I think there's just like an innate drive to do music my top three by the way currently for Hesitant Alien um are uh, drugstore perfume zero zero and how it's going to be which sounds like if Drardway listened to a bunch of neutral milk hotel and was like now nah, i have to make a neutral mil- neutral milk hotel pastiche song but like more since do you know who ne- neutral milk hotel is i don't okay they're a band they have like only a couple albums i think they have like two albums one of them is in the aeroplane over the sea it's very it's a good it's very good um they're like pretty legendary like underground is a dumb word but like you know like in indie sort of like you know how would you describe their music um they use like mostly acoustic guitar but they don't use it in like a slow way it's like fast acoustic acoustic guitars they have Mm -hmm. like some trumpet sometimes used it's um sort of like it's like emotional but not necessarily sad I like them. I, What's the so name the group again? Neutral Milk Hotel. Okay, Neutral. Mm-hmm. Oops. Oh, there it is. Neutral Milk Hotel. Yes, and my favorite song by them is right now is, is um King of Carrot Flowers Part One, but there's a couple others. I think Communist Daughters is starting to creep up on me. Here's what Apple Music says about Neutral Milk Hotel. You know it. Louisiana's Neutral Milk Hotel first surfaced as part of the irreverent tape-slicing pop collective Elephant Six. But with 1996's On Avery Island, the scrambled sonics became more of a mood ring metaphor for leader Jeff Magnum's hyperactive psyche, as typified by the puritanical folk punk. There's... Folk, that's, uh, that's usually what acoustic. That's I was trying to say, but I wasn't Folk get punk it. of Song Against Sex. Yeah. And that relationship only intensified on 1998's In the Aeroplane Over the Sea, whose ecstatic odes to Jesus, the King of Carrot Flowers, parts two and three, and Manic that's Meditations like on the Holocaust. They have a song about the Holocaust <laughs> called Holland 1945, Proved so emotionally fraught, oh, they crap. drove Magnum into a fifteen-year hiatus. It's all good. It's 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 not. It's the, I've listened to Holland nineteen forty-five. It's a good song. It's not graphic. It's fun. Um, in 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 um, I will say, King of Carrot Flowers parts two and three. The main the main lyrics are Jesus Christ, I love you, over and over again. But that I like King Carrot Flowers part one. It's actually it's very um, sort of like the lyrics are more of um. I don't know, like, I think it's about, like, being a kid in in a more unstable home and, like, discovering your general feelings about the world and just observations. And it's it's a good, it's a good song. The one where he screams, Jesus Christ, I love you over and over again is not the one that I go to necessarily. Um, But 
Yeah. Holland, um, Holland 1945 is a good song. Did I say 1845 the first time? I don't think I did, but... I don't think you did. I meant 1945. So, last thing music-related mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. we uh, move on. You wanted to... Uh, what happened in the past week in regard to Spotify that uh, you're excited about? If you don't remember, I'll tell I you, because you told me. Tell me. So, as of this point... The year you know, oh, you, yeah, you get tracked. Not, they're not putting anything else. They're not collecting my data for this year for um, Unwrapped, for Spotify Unwrapped, which is interesting. But don't you worry, I'm still getting my data because I have a Last FM account, so it's yes. all good. Um, this week. When do you when do you get the Spotify Unwrapped? When does it come out? It comes out in December. Okay. Uh, it comes out in December. Which is really why they can't. So, and then Last FM does a, a year, but it comes up on like January 1st is when you get it. So mm-hmm. it's like a little bit different. Um, I'm actually leaning more and more Last FM just because it has more stats and, and, and I like that. I've been recording mine since I'd say mid tw- or really no late 2020 is when I started like hook because I, I had a Last FM account since 2019, but I forgot to hook up my Spotify to it. So it wouldn't it wouldn't automatically it's called scrobbling when it records a song, but it wouldn't automatically scrobble songs for me. So but now yeah. it has. And this week I listened to 153 songs. It's a lot of songs. Yeah. But weirdly enough, if you go into Last FM spaces, and this is what I try to stay away from, there's almost like a competition aspect to it. People will be like, Yeah, I listen to four hundred songs today. And it's like they're not listening to songs to enjoy. There's just always background noise, right? Which is fine. I think that's an acceptable way to listen to music. But I'm listening to music to listen to the music. Sometimes it is in the background. But if I start to get sort of numb to it and it starts going like over my head, that's a sign that I should probably do something else, you know? Or there's like a lot of people who will just like listen to lo-fi or something in the background. It will be on Spotify. It will scrabble. But it's for like studying. And that's just not really – that's not how I listen to music. That's all right if you do that. But it's not how I do that. So listening to 153 songs in the last, well, really two days, because I haven't really listened to music yet today, because it's the morning of Sunday, and I've been asleep, and now I'm awake, and now I'm talking to you. Um, I think that's a lot of songs. Yeah, it <laughs> um, seems like a lot to me. To listen to in two days. So that's good. Yeah. And my top album is Hesitant Alien, and my most listened song within the last seven days is Drugstore Perfume. But that's why I like it so much, is that I can be like, Oh, I really wonder how my listening patterns are. What's most my most listened to song in the last 30 days? That's Maya the Psychic by Gerard Way, which is one of my top three songs of last week that I mentioned, right? What, what's my yep. most less listened to song in the last year, you may ask? Nobody is. I'm asking. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Eva, mm-hmm. what is your most listened to song for the past year? Well, thanks to Last FM. I can tell you. <laughs> okay. Listened to song of the last year. Um, and I also believe of all time, yes, it is of all time, is Girl of the Year by Ali X. In the last 365 days, I've listened to it 49 times. And during the time that I've recorded on Last FM of all time, I listened to it 65 times. Um, Who is this Ali X you speak of? She's a lady. She makes music. I like her. She makes sort of like dark alt pop stuff. Um, I wish everyone could see the uh, the picture of her that uh, is uh, in such a jazzy on, dress. Yeah, that, that's shown on my Apple Music here. Mm-hmm. 
So another, by the way, another, if you haven't noticed, another way that we are uh, different is you're Spotify, I'm Apple Music. Well, that, and that is often a generational divide as well. Typically younger people don't use Apple Music, although I believe my sister does. And I think that's just because you pay for her to have one. Yeah, that's yeah. called smart. Yeah, I mean, I... that's true. <laughs> I, you know what, though? I've just, I've embedded myself into um, Spotify so much. It's too late for me. Um, it's all good. Maybe one day I will enroll in like college and I'll get their student discount. Could be. Well, to be fair, Eva, you have another great discount on the Apple Music as well. You choose not to use it. I know. I know. But I love Spotify. Yeah. I know I probably shouldn't because they're like, you know, unethical and bad. But like, so is Apple Music. So I don't, you know. I'm, I'm going to give the one that harvests my data and like shows it to me in pretty colors, you know? Yeah. I'm simple. Hey, whatever makes you happy, I'm I, I'm fine with it. And and then in December, you will have to tell us about what is your Spotify unwrapped. What does it say about you for the past year of music? I totally will. It's always embarrassing. And the worst part of it at this point is that because I'm hooked up to so many stats, different websites, I know what my unwrapped looks like pretty much before I get it. So, you know, it's not as surprising as it once was, but it's very cool. I oh. also, another, like... Because I'm because I'm hooked up to Last FM. Only the real, true Spotify nerds will understand this. I'm hooked. I have I have permissions on for Last FM, um, mm-hmm. Obscurify. I also use Last FM stats to get extra stats on top of what's already available on my Last FM to show like more overall trends. Um, I use uh, I think it's called Skelly or like Skyly. It's S K I L E Y dot net. I use Skyly as well. I use Chuzik, um, which is, they, they like are good if you're trying to discover new music, you hook up to your Spotify account, choose new music. It like rates your playlists based on like how cohesive they are, but like also diverse. It like rates them. Um, I use like, a, I use a ton of websites. So like, I kind of already know everything at this point, you know, cause like right now I'm on Skyly. If I wanted, I could tell you what my top genres, and they're like Spotify genres, right? I've listened to in the last hour, four weeks, six weeks, and or four weeks, six months, and all time, if I wanted, right? I, if I'm confused about what a genre is, I go to everynoiseatonce.com, which is Spotify's website for categorizing all of their genres sort of in a flowchart. So if I'm confused exactly about like what... um what artist is prompting what genre i can just search for that genre online i'll just like put in the genre and then put like every noise next to it on like google it'll show up i can listen to an array of like snippets of different songs in this genre i'm i'm cued in this is why i can't leave spotify (laughs) like i don't think you understand how embedded i am but why why do you need all this data like how do you use it you don't need it that's the thing and okay. that's the thing. <laughs> okay there's a little bit of a problem that people will get too obsessed with it i think i've struck a good balance because i mostly use it like i like to have certain genres just to know like what evokes which mood because spotify did sort of ruin the way we listen to music people would listen to music before in the old days because they liked an artist they were seeking out that music or they were like seeking out an experience they wanted to know what the artist was expressing they wanted to know what the artist is feeling and i've actually sort of reverted back to that i've been listening to full albums more recently which i had stopped doing for a couple years i was just listening to playlists but now i'm actually intentionally going back and listening to albums all the way through 
um, once again, which is different because I did that in middle school. And I think probably that's how you grew up listening to music is if it wasn't on the radio, you were listening to a full album. Like you're just going to listen to this artist and these songs by this artist because that's what's on the CD or the tape or whatever. Um, it kind of ruined it with playlists, but I do like to make playlists based on moods. So if I have access to um, all these different genres, I can say, well, these genres tend to evoke these kind of moods. I can look for these songs. Or, you know, if I want a chart of like my listening habits, I mean, on uh, Spotify stats or not Spotify stats, that's a different website that I also have an account on. Um, on, on, la <laughs> on, <laughs> on last FM stats yesterday, I was looking at an overall like scatter plot of yeah um when of what time of day i was listening to music and you can visually see my sleep schedule improve so like that's fun so like really mm -hmm. you don't always need it but it's interesting also like skyly before i think spotify does it in app now but skyly before spotify had it you could list you could look at your 50 most recent listen to songs so sometimes i'd be listening to something and it would be like a new song would come on and it would pass and i'd be like oh i love that song i need to figure out what it was so since it, everything goes to skyly i can look at my history and i can be like oh that's what the song is and there's a couple songs um pangea girls is a song i really like um okay i listened to it for the first time as i was uh washing dishes and i could not pick up my phone because my hands were wet to look at what the song was so later i just went on skyly and i looked it and i was like oh and then I, you know, I, I like typed in the songs that I think looked the most familiar and I listened to them and I'm like, oh, that's the song. And now I listen to it really frequently. So there are benefits, but it's mostly just for fun. And because I'm, I like data and I like infographics and I'm a nerd. By the way, do you ever use Shazam? I do use Shazam. Yes. And so then, and uh, Shazam, Shazam is soft. This is for, Shazam is software that if you turn it on, it will, uh, uh, it'll, figure out by listening to what uh the music is playing what song it is i only bring that up because when we were at the my chemical romance concert a couple times i actually turned on shazam so it would tell me what song was playing i'm gonna say one or they were playing yes i'm gonna say one of the most um gen z sentences ever said i was making a spotify playlist based on all of my saved tiktok sounds and because, <laughs> because yeah. I didn't know how to, because, you know, I don't, I can't necessarily pick up on lyrics all the time, or maybe they're not, you know, they're in a different language, and I don't really know how to, like, phonetically spell it out or anything. I just Shazam all of them. So I Shazammed all of my TikTok sounds, and I was able to put them into a Spotify playlist. The only issue was is Spotify hooks up to Apple Music, so that I then had to type in all of them on Spotify to then save it to my Spotify playlist. So it was mildly inconvenient. Although, actually, what I could have done is I could have just put it all on a playlist on Apple Music and then used the site that I used to convert Apple Music uh, to Spotify and vice versa, because that's what I do for you. If I want to make a playlist for you, is I'll put it in the website and I'll convert it over. Um, uh huh. I could have just done that, but I, I wasn't thinking clearly, I guess. So. Want to play a game? Oh, that's a smooth segue, man. Yes, more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here is a uh, the game we're going to play. I'm going to play a soundbite from a politician. Oh, this is going to be divisive. Okay. And you're going to all you're going to do is listen to what the person says, and then your job is to guess who said it. Okay, I don't know anyone's names. I, hmm. Blissful ignorance, dude. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna be like old white man number five, 
And then you're going to be like, yes. <laughs> yes, it is. It is old white man number well, five if you're so smart. I, uh, I will tell you right now mm-hmm. that uh, there are only two mm-hmm. old white men in this group that we're going to play. They're not all old white men. Lady who wishes I wouldn't say as much as I do in public. Keep my head down. Listen to my husband. Only she's alive. You know, you, so you know, okay, no, I can't because that's another tangent, but I actually do have a really good tangent later for after the game. I have so many topics now that I'm thinking about it because I, you know, I've done stuff. Let's play the clips. <laughs> All right. Well, of course, uh, our dog is like barking in the background, yeah. which uh, I find distracting. So. For those of you that don't like barking dogs, I apologize. For those of you that find the melodious sounds of a uh, Labrador barking, you know, relaxing and soothing, this is for you. Yeah. All right. Now to our game. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Here is number one. But now we have Nancy Pelosi's gazpacho (laughs) police. Gazpacho police? I feel like she... Yeah, the... That's the the, 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 soup. I think she's... It is (laughs) a... Oh, oh, okay. I know Any who idea that who is. that is? I know who that is. It's Jewish space laser lady. I forget her name though. Yes, Marjorie Taylor That's Green Marjorie said Taylor that. Taylor Green, yes. Yes. So that that's who said uh, number one. Again, this isn't meant to be deci- d- divisive in any way. I'm just playing things that people have actually How said. How many did you say? <laughs> I'm uh, going to answer. Not going to answer my question. Please. I. I, I just, when I hear something interesting, I record it. I, you know, I, I don't, I'm yeah, not, this isn't partisan. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. It kind of is because you know that there are people, I'm not going to say it's good or bad. Actually, no, I'm going to say it's bad. There are people who heard gazpacho police and were genuinely emotionally moved. They're like, yes, they're coming for our children and our rights, the gazpacho police, you know? So it's like, it's like what sounds weird to you. The chilled soup police? In, in, yes, the gazpacho police. Blend it up in a blender, slip, right. slip, slurp. Well, let's see. Let's see if you can figure out who this person is, and if you have any uh, comments or thoughts about that. I, this. I bet Here it's we not go. Be as fun as Gaspacho, please. I love that. Oh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Why don't you leave? Go to another. That's what fifth and one more of the states you can go to. Is that about abortion? No. No, it was not. So uh, first, let's see if we can guess who it is. I don't know who it is. It's a man. It is a man. And he sees... It's not an old white man either. No. It is uh, Herschel Walker. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Running for the Senate out of Georgia. And he was saying that if... Uh, uh, if uh, I think he was actually talking about uh, Stacey Abrams, even <laughs> though they're not running against each mm-hmm. other. But he, said, he was saying if she doesn't like it there in Georgia... <laughs> There's 51 other states oh, he could choose from. Oh, yeah. She could choose from. I remember reading stuff about that. Now, as a Stacey Abrams uh, fan. Um... My guess is he's really quite progressive. And he was saying, you know what? The District of Columbia and Puerto Rico should both be states. And that's why there'd be 51 oh, other states to choose yeah, from. In my mind, I already factor them in. So, like, if, if you know, I yeah. live in an alternate reality world where things are different. Um, Yeah. No, no, yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. He's totally discounting that people probably stay where they grow up sometimes because they really want to watch their communities become, you know, places that, that are empowered, especially ones that, like, vote, because that's it's a lot of voter, rep- especially in Georgia, a lot of voter repression. So, I mean, I think I think Stacey's cause is noble and good. 
Oh, I agree with you. Yeah, it's my thing. I just wanted you. All right. I think I here did a is number project what? Once, actually, I think I did a Stacey Abrams school project because I was, you know, voting rights. Anyway, yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. All right. Next. Here is number three. You ready? You know it. Uh, if you're a Republican, you can't even <laughs> lie to Congress or lie to an FBI agent, or they're coming after you, they're going to bury you, they're going to put you in the D.C. jail and terrorize and torture you. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. So that was old white man number three, but let me tell you something about... (laughs) Yes, that was an older white man, though not the oldest white man on our list, but an older white man, yes. I find it funny because I guess that is true. You can't really, you can't really lie. Not like the good old days. No, when I, I mean, when I was a child, when I was a young boy in, I don't know, Texas or wherever, I, I lied to the FBI all the time, and they were fine with it, you know? But now that I have governmental power and responsibility, they're suddenly like, oh, you can't do that anymore. Hmm. Crazy. Interestingly enough, uh, mm-hmm. the person who I know you don't know who it is, no. is from Texas. Ha <laughs> I was I was going based off accent, so I'm glad that I, I did that correctly. That was good. And uh, he's 69 years old. Great. So that is old. And uh, it's Louis Gohmert mm-hmm. from uh, Congress from, from Texas. And I don't think Louis is running for re-election. Um, good for him. I he can't. Should, he should. He was right. Yeah. He was trying to become the attorney general of Texas, and he did not win in the primary, I believe. And I think that's all right, because now he can go back to lying to Congress and the FBI and not really, you know, dealing with the same implications as an elected governmental official. I think that might be more comfortable for him. All right, we've got one more. Okay, is it the oldest guy? The oldest white guy? It'll be the, it is the oldest white guy on our list. I already know. (laughs) All right, here we go. You Mm -hmm. ready? You know it. You're the president of the United States. You can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified, even so by thinking that about Donald it. Donald Trump, he has a very characteristic voice. And, and ha- ding, ding, ding. Although, you got actually, one. I was, I've been watching a lot of, um, I don't know, like a lot of videos recently. And a lot of these people are from New York. And they do, and they're older. And they all do say huge, like huge. So I don't think that's even necessarily a Donald thing. I think that's just a New York accent, depending on the region thing. I find that interesting. Did you... It is interesting. Uh, obviously, there's different accents from different mm-hmm. uh, different places. But did you know that you could just declassify material just by thinking about it? Right, and that's not true, and that's never been true. Oh, but as we know, okay. here's the thing: when we when we engage, and here, and here's my thing. This is very funny. All of these things, very very funny, right? And I mean it when I said this gazpacho police. For every every person that finds it truly laughable, there's a person where it does pull at the heartstrings because at the end of the day. Truth in politics does not matter. It doesn't matter at all. It is an emotional appeal because the majority of people in the world, including including you, including me, find emotional appeals much more swaying than, than any sort of facts and logic. Even though the Democrats, I would say, typically rely on feelings, again, the emotional feeling idea of facts and logic as their guiding principle right? Like, that's what we claim. We claim respectability politics. We claim, you know, being calm and working together. But that is an appeal to emotion uh, because it doesn't necessarily get things done, does it, all the time? Sometimes, but not all the time. But I find it interesting. And you know what? It's, It's a little bit concerning because there are people who are truly upset at the idea that you know, they're, the former president said that you can just think about declassifying the document, and then it happens, right? That that seems, if, if you know, if you kind of are easier to make sort of an appeal to an authority, like, 
there are, pe- there are people that believe it. And we can laugh at it, but it is, it, I mean, it's a thing. It's a real thing. Now, I understand that you can't declassify documents like that. I understand that, you know, there, no, well, first of all, we don't have the, the Gestapo because we're not in the, like, what, the, like the 40s? Like, we're not, you know. Um, yeah, it was another veiled, it was supposed to be another veiled Nazi reference, I think. Right. But, um, yeah. And, you know, and they're certainly not gazpacho, right? Because she has very little cultural awareness of much of anything. But, you know, there are people that believe that. And you gotta... There's definitely something to be said for just the emotional appeal of it. I don't agree with that. I think it's bad, but I do think that it tugs on the heartstrings, which is is why I think the way that we go about it, especially making fun, and, and a lot of the way we make fun of Republicans does lean into ableism. So... And, like, phobia and things like that as well. We don't attack. Can you explain it. that? Yeah. So, so start start from that phrase. A lot of repeat the phrase and then explain it. A lot of the way when we are making fun of a, Republicans leans heavily on things like um, like ableism and like phobia. So ex- explain that. Right. Well, so like Donald Trump, right, says a lot of you know things that make absolutely no sense, right? But when we go right to he has mental problems. He's mentally deficient. He is dumb. His IQ must not be very good. Like, these are all things that I've heard, right? I've also... Nobody wants to take care of me. Thank you for undercutting my point. Um, uh, <laughs> his IQ Sorry. must be bad. We'll also go with he's ugly. He's fat, right? What kind of oh, ugliness yeah. and fatness, by the way, have absolutely no weight pun is that a pun i don't know have, have yeah. absolutely no weight on our actual like merit of our ideas he has bad ideas correct he could be the most attractive person in the world but i think it's very transparent that we are actually willing to accept a lot more um just nonsensical things from people who who we do deem attractive conventionally i think that's something that's just important to look at in general but like that's typically the attack there is not a lot of like attacking him for his actual like ideas we say oh the ideas are stupid right but like why why and and then also and then also they're not stupid it's incredibly calculated like he he is very good at appearing kind of glazed over on the surface but he's not like he knows how to capture the hearts and minds of like half of america you know a little less than half but you know half of america But it it does lean into ableism, right? If they're all stupid and dumb and their IQs are bad and they're mentally ill and they're mentally deficient, are you saying then that, you know, people who are mentally ill can't be in office? Are you saying that people who have any sort of, like, um, mental disorder, for lack of a better word, because I know there's definitely better words to use and my brain isn't coming up with them, but but are you saying that, that a person with a developmental disability can't be part of government are you saying that somebody who doesn't have a super high iq can't be a part of government there there's just ableist implications to it you know i wish we could just say hey this person really doesn't know what they're talking about this person is saying things that are incredibly nonsensical and this person really doesn't have to check their facts because they know that they've captured the minds of a part of the public who really don't care about facts they care about feelings, which is interesting because the right was very much for a while like facts over feelings type situation. But really, they care much more about emotional appeal than they care about the merit of what they're saying or if what they're saying even makes much sense. And when you say, when 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 you just default to, oh, well, they're just, they're dumb. They're dumb. 
you're also giving them a lot of free, like, free leeway, right? Because if they're stupid, then they can't even be hold, held accountable, right? If they just don't even know what they're saying, if they're, if they're so incompetent, so incapable, they can't even be held to full, um, to full accountability on that. Cause, well, you well, asked a bunch of questions that I think were meant to be rhetorical, but at the same time, I was starting to think about them. Like, no, they're not said, rhetorical. I think they're good to think about. I think it's nuanced, but you know. I mean, should someone with developmental disabilities be able to run for all? Well, actually, developmental disabilities <laughs> would be different from cognitive disabilities, right? Intellectual disability, yeah. Right, intellectual disability. Thank you. <laughs> so, so I, I guess I'm speaking more about intellectual disabilities, uh, actually. But, I mean, should there be a minimum IQ? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think IQ is necessarily helpful as a. That, uh, I think you're probably correct. I don't think it's very helpful in regular life, so it's probably not helpful right. determining I, whether you should run for office. I think I think people should definitely be capable of running for office, right? Like you should just you should be able to do it. But I don't think having so. And also, when we bring up IQ tests, like things like we should have IQ tests for voting. Like that's the thing I saw on Twitter a lot is like, you know, all these voters who are voting for Trump, they're so dumb. We should we should have, you know, mandated IQ tests, right? That's a, that's a slippery road to be going down. Well, it's down. a slippery road, but it's also already happened. Um, yeah. Mostly in terms of voter suppression for people of color. Because if you can't read that well, because you've not been given ample opportunities for education, and I mean, like, this was back in, like, the 50s and 60s or whatever, and before that. You know, if you cannot, if you cannot bring to us what we want to hear and we want what we want to say, especially because a lot of these knowledge bases are maybe based off of knowledge bases that white people be learning about. There's a whole different knowledge base that, like, black people were learning because everything was so segregated, right? Mm-hmm. You can suppress so much voting based off of that. And it's amazing, especially on the internet, how many people literally don't know history. Like, they literally do not know how these things played out in history, and they will bring them back when they are very i mean ableist of course just on the surface and then you know racist and classist from you know a more uh on under the surface view i mean it's classist because again people have unequal opportunities for education and um while iq is meant to be more about like what is your potential for learning and whatnot it's really not that i know this i've taken iq tests before taken multiple iq tests before they're not they're not just based on innate some of it and they're actually i have been tested there was a test that i did like literally two years ago there was basically um the tester was asking me a bunch of questions and they were general knowledge questions and i got a lot of them right but that's because i when i was a kid i was a really voracious reader and so i read a lot of things and i'm realizing as i'm as i'm hearing these questions i don't think the majority of my friends would know. I don't think the majority of people I passed on the street would know. Because we're all coming from extremely different knowledge bases. I mean, somebody can, and and demographics aside, somebody could be from the same town as I am, look exactly the same as me, be brought up in the same socioeconomic bracket, literally same exact everything. But they weren't going to the library and reading a book a day like I was in fifth grade. So like, you know, it just comes from a different, so I, IQ, and a lot of these tests are are just they're not helpful and they, and they also are racist they come from a racist idea because when we originally not we obviously literally us but like you know the white dudes in like France or whatever were coming up with race they focused a lot on like skulls and our brains and IQ discrepancies and that you know if if you can think of somebody as 
as smart as you are and also like having a quote-unquote good skull or whatever because like it's all pseudoscience you can't enslave them then because they're people can't do that so you have to it's a dehumanization thing so iq is a tool of white supremacy all right i'm sure i could have explained it better than i did but i hope no i think you i I think you explained it well again i I think that i think one of the things that i like about talking with you Mm -hmm. whether we're recording or not recording is I live my life, Mm -hmm. and as I've learned over the last few years, I've had the privilege of just being able to live my life, and you bring up things that I don't really think all that much about Mm -hmm. because I've had the privilege of not having to. Right. Yeah. And I, and I'm, I'm very thankful that, you know, at this point we have a relationship where you can like hear it and it's not, you know, there's not like an immediate, like, oh no, not possible and not true. Eva, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, I I think that's one of the bigger problems with our country as a whole. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about the at a a very high level, this whole idea of uh, critical race theory, which, by the way, I'm not asking you to define it because I'm sure you probably could. But I'm saying I couldn't officially define and I would assert that most people couldn't actually define. They're not teaching it in schools, even if they say they are. They're not. It's illegal. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident that they're not. But this idea that we are uncomfortable with the idea that we may be did things 300 250 300 years ago that we're not proud of and we wouldn't do today we attempt to and hence the word whitewash it Mm -hmm. and uh act like we shouldn't be teaching that and it didn't actually happen and these people were all great well i think i would even further it i would even okay and say that that white people today and i mean everyone including me has um a lot of like lack of awareness when it comes to how the things 500 years ago, 300 years ago, 250 years ago, 60 years ago. I mean, Ruby Bridges, the, the first black girl to go into integrated school, she's alive still. Like she, she's like a normal age. I think she's like 60 something years old currently. Yeah. Even in exactly today's world, there is racism. There is racism happening currently. There are unjust acts happening to people of color right now. And I think that's part of it also is if you if you look at history, it connects to here. It connects to right now and today. And there are things, both micro and macro, that are happening literally this second across the country that are um, disenfranchising hurting oppressing systematically and you know just sort of a person to person type thing that are directly harming people of color and i think that's also part of the pushback is it's not it's not that we're just making peace with something that happened in the in in um the past it's about mm-hmm. shaping and changing and morphing things in the present and deconstructing a uh, white supremacy which yes did exist when um when uh people were enslaving others within the u.s and abroad um and yes was happening during you know active colonization but that mindset and that sort of like culture that's still here um and so it's not about feeling bad atoning and fixing you know mentally or whatever because obviously can't go back in time um the past it is about bringing it into the present and changing our behavior make sense 
And no one's perfect, because, I mean... Right. Even me, I keep up with stuff, but I'm not perfect. Of course I'm not. Like, there's, like, there's genuinely no way to be. I have been developed in, like, a vat of, like, white supremacy fluid. I don't know. It sounds gross, but, um... <laughs> but, like, you know, like, um... <laughs> but, but, like, you know, I've, I've, I've been surrounded by it. And so Is that I, the amniotic fluid that you I've were been uh, marinated that, that, in it? Yes, you were um, marinated when you were when mom was pregnant. Correct. Well, yeah, but like you know, once I was born, from from a cultural standpoint, you know. So you're um, saying she didn't marinate you in white supremacy fluid. That happened later. That happened later. That happened. Later. Okay. Good. All right. Um, but you know, I mean, we're all affected by our environment. We're all products of it. And right. It, I think it's important to always think about everything we're everything we're doing. And there's definitely been like, I don't know, like like uh, just like little things, like little phrases. Like I here's the thing, I, I say the word insane a lot, and there's like a movement to be like, don't say the word insane, because or like dumb or idiot or stupid or all of these things or crazy, because they're all incredibly derogatory words. Linguistics, though, you know, shifts, and there's definitely words that have stronger and weaker connotations, like the R slur today was the nicer term that was the euphemism at one point yeah right to to prevent people from calling each other idiots like that was literally it right so but like i have changed my language to a certain extent i'm not going to say all of it and some of it is just simply like um for me a little bit of a reclamation um i'm not going to go into all of my deep dark personal situations or whatever but the freedom there's a certain pushback in my mind to say, like, I'm stupid. And I understand that that's, like, to, to other people, like, no, you're not stupid. You're so smart. You're so smart. You're so smart. But there are moments where I want to step back and just be like, I'm, ki- I'm kind of stupid. I'm kind of crazy. It is what it is. And I'm okay with that, right? My mind, in some ways, not all the way there. My mind a little on the fritz sometimes, okay? Yes. I think, I think we can all say that, though. And, again, I would also just say to you, you know, we – we make words mean something. Mm-hmm. So you take the word stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you make it mean something horrible, mm-hmm. you don't have to. You know, you could what just be thinking maybe in that moment I said something or thought something I wish I thought differently about. Right. Well, I think part of it is like who decides the meaning of the words, right? So I think when it comes to the idea of like reclamation, which I think that there probably is too much, and again, not your part of the internet. There's probably too much discourse about who can reclaim what words and who can say what or like whatever. But I think there is definitely some merit to the idea that the overall culture has gotten to take charge of what words mean. And like you can like, okay, so there's this movement called Mad Pride. And it's this idea of people who are mentally ill, typically like personality disorders, schizophrenia, schizoaffective, bipolar, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, who are people who are just proud of how their brain diverges and are okay with that. Some of them are anti-psychiatry, some aren't, some have a more balanced view. But I've looked into the movement, and what I can say is they are not ashamed. They're not necessarily, look. they're looking to have functional lives. But there are people out there who have schizophrenia who are not looking to be on a million antipsychotics and be basically, like, sluggish. Antipsychotics, like, knock you out. Um... They're looking to work with their hallucinations and 
have them not be disruptive, but to have them, that's okay, right? Especially as voices, sometimes they're comforting, sometimes they are encouraging, sometimes they're not bad or mean, they're not command hallucinations, like sometimes that's the case. Um, with uh, You can manage them with medications, but you don't necessarily have to be on every medication, right? And they're also trying to work to keep people out of inpatient, which I'm all for, because a lot of inpatients will use chemical restraints and physical restraints and uh, seclusion, isolation. And it's terrifying. And it is permanently scarring because there is, inpatient is not there to help you. It's to keep you from, from really just hurting yourself or others. But people are um, committed all the time for reasons that aren't related to that, um, that don't really keep them or others much safer. And they're looking to have more movements that keep people out. So um, the therapy I do uh, most most of the time is really mm-hmm. big on not getting you hospitalized because they don't find it to be that helpful in the long run. I would agree that it's not. Um, so like Mad Pride, that's reclamation. And I'm not, I didn't overview Mad Pride in the, like, the most comprehensive way, but that's just sort of like a quick, of, of the sticking points that I got from it. They're like, you can be proud of the things that make you different, because that's the thing, is everything is always about, like, I'll take a, I'll take a, like, like, differently abled. Oh, you're differently abled. Or you're not crazy, you're just, you're just sick. You're just sick, right? Why would you want a permanent brain difference in your brain to be, to be seen as sickness instead of difference, instead of things you can cope with, instead of, you know, just being yourself, right? Why is the better alternative that you're sick? Like, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, oh, you're not fat. You're beautiful. Can't you be fat and beautiful? Right? Do you have to be seen yeah, as right. skinny to then be pretty? Like, that's weird, right? Yep. Um, oh, you're not stupid. You, you just learn differently. Okay, sure. <laughs> so I'm not learning, am yeah. I? So that's a you know, right. Right? Yeah, yeah. There, there's a certain like within the culture. Oh, you can be acceptable as long as we can all just mu- mutually pretend that there is nothing different about you. As long mm-hmm. as we can all be within really what is a delusion of let's all pretend that you aren't that different, and that'll make everyone feel better. When really it's for their comfort. I, I tell you what would be interesting for me. Uh, on other episodes mm-hmm. talk about different for you to talk about different things that that scare people mm-hmm. like uh, as an example not to talk about now uh, <laughs> like transphobia uh-huh. and for you to say okay this is i i acknowledge this is what probably scares people and now i'm going to reframe it sure. and what it maybe also, should I mean would, or I would could probably mean. go i mean Ugh. my my views especially on like gender and sexuality are i think like 17 steps ahead or so of what the current mainstream like i'm like post gender but like it loops around into like yeah define yourself however but like also like like again i'm i'm telling you the pe- the people not everyone i hang out with but some people i hang out with like are are so past like we've we've ascended, so like I can do that, but I might have to actually. <laughs> I love that term. For whatever reason, when you say ascended, it makes me think of Scientology, which isn't saying that. I'm just saying that's so, what pops into my head. There are certain words that I use a lot because there's a visual in my head that makes it. Uh-huh. It, it feels like I typically use ascended when it comes to like 
cultural context and like social situations stuff like that it feels like i'm like like in my mind there's like the shell of the cultural construct constriction or like identity and you're like lifting out of your skin you're like molting and you're flying up into the world um so that's i've been i've been using ascended actually quite a lot recently um yeah and that's that's just the visual for it so that's why i've been it's just it's a good word in my brain right now so yeah um but yeah i might actually have to do some research to make myself a bit more grounded and make sense to like anybody but i can i can do that i have no issue with that although here's the thing i don't claim to be an expert because not everything i'm talking about has a lived experience to it so like i'm not right so you know i i would honestly be hesitant to say like oh and this is the way everyone should think because even within the trans community there are so many different ideas of what it is i mean there's there are splits between people who are trans feminine and who are trans masculine there's splits between um non-binary people who are non-binary but use they them and there are people who you know use like neo pronouns see this is the problem where i'm like 17 steps ahead here um yeah well so actually i'm gonna i'll stop you there not because yeah so we'll want to focus the ideas and then it's okay to say neo pronouns it's just then you have to say what that is right so part of it they're just words why no why know you do it's just what it's just it's just new pronouns neo pronouns some of them are like these are like which yeah you know like or em or things like that where it's but really it's it's just pronouns are just words that you use to avoid saying somebody's name over and over again right so if like somebody was like Eva went to the store and then Eva ate the food afterwards. Eva cooked a delicious meal. That doesn't make sense, right? So if somebody was like, "Well, Eva went to the store and then she got this great food, and then she made this delicious meal," that sounds a lot more like natural, right? So you can use that. But neo pronouns are pronouns that people make, and and they receive a lot of hate. There's a lot of nuance to neo pronouns. A lot of people who use neo pronouns are neurodivergent, um, and conceptualize gender quite differently than people who are neurotypical that's just like a thing oh uh, there have been there have been studies um by the way i i, I also would say and i i said this to someone just yesterday mm-hmm. I, I don't i'm not even sure i like the terms neurodivergent and neurotypical i mean they're they're fine terms There's nothing wrong with them but what i mean is because i understand neurodivergence not as well as say you but mm-hmm. probably better than a lot of people right I go out in the world, and here's what I'm finding. I don't know if anyone's neurotypical. I mean, you can well, find things in lots of that. people. I think what I mean, and I should probably stick to it, is I mean autistic and holistic. That's what I mean. Okay. I'd say a lot of the yeah. people who use neo pronouns are autistic. Not all of them. Not all of them, but I'd say a good chunk. Okay. People who use neo pronouns often are not expecting everyone around them to use those neo pronouns. There are neo pronouns that are emojis that are not meant to be said out loud. They're meant to just be written down, um, like typing, because there are mm-hmm. people who are internet natives who communicate via emojis. Emojis can be a pronoun. Emojis can be someone's name. They're visual representations of this thing. They're not meant to be outside of the internet because they're for the internet. They're like, you know, kind of the the identity. Like, I've gone by so many names on the internet. They're not my name. And also sound kind of crazy outside of context. I mean, I have yeah. called people all sorts of names. There are people who I've called, like, curse words. Because that's the first, that's the first like, word in their, like, long name. And so you typically shorten it to the first name. I've called people adjectives. You know, I've called people objects or whatever. Like, you know, 
hey, rock, hey, you know, tiger, hey, whatever. Like, like that's that's their name now, right? The internet has so many different, and, and I think the way that we experience and conceptualize ourselves changes with the internet, right? So the main ones that people make fun of are noun self pronouns and emoji pronouns. I already explained emoji pronouns. They're just for the internet. They're for, and they're most likely for your friends, honestly. And then noun self is sort of like, um, like there's like a couple big ones. So like bun and bun self or fay and fay self. So like, it'd be like, I don't know, I'm going to come up with a name. Ashley, I'm going to use the same, uh, I guess example. Ashley went to the supermarket today. Bun got a bunch of food and bun made a bunch of food for bun self. Does that make sense? It is basically, no. it's basically, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> basically using the grammatical structure of yeah. other pronouns to make new pronouns. Often these people who have new pronouns are not expecting you. And by you, I mean your archetype of people in the world yeah. to use those pronouns. Often they'll just go by like they, them, or maybe he or she or whatever, um, to, to the masses. But there, when you've done a lot of introspection about yourself, and how you fit in the world, there might be a lot of layers to it. There might be a lot of, like, relationships to um, the idea of, like, objects or, like, how different, like, or, like, weather or nature events or the way different things embody each other or the way you feel about yourself. And especially when you're neurodivergent, like, you compare yourself to... Uh, I think it says in a neuropsych report somewhere that I described all of my emotions by like colors and movement and not by emotion. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like you also know me, I've never described physical pain or mental pain or emotions with words. Typically, they're all visual. So if, yes. that, if your self-conceptualization is based around concepts and comparing and contrasting the natural world and colors and concepts and shapes and whatever, that may be how you conceptualize yourself. Because the way people conceptualize themselves is like overreaching and a lot of people like to put people in boxes and that's fine if that works for you but there's a lot of people where just no box works and so with the people who they are often very close with so we're talking friends we're talking partners we're talking like you know other queer people in in gatherings they're probably going to be more attuned to that and that's fine a lot of the other people are not expecting the masses to get it because it's not and sometimes there's even a concept of like having a certain self-conceptualization that is not for the masses it is for you and that's like fine or whatever but there's there was like a lot of outrage and people are making sort of like awful quite offensive noun self pronouns not people who are actually using them but like trolls who are who are just being mean because they find it ridiculous and what i what i don't understand is like there are definitely a lot of things that i can relate to and understand in the world but there's a lot of stuff i can't there's a lot of stuff i can't but I'm not going after them and making fun of them. You know, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm not saying they're making it up for attention. I'm not. Because at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't know how other people feel. I don't know how other people self-conceptualize. People's identities, people's personhood is infinitely, like, like, I mean, we all exist in multitudes. Like, there's so many layers to every person. So I just, at the end of the day, even if I don't understand, why, why do I care to be mean? Or, or even dismissive. Sure. Mm -hmm. I Listen, I don't understand really any situation where you'd want to be mean, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that that helps anything. And, and really what I like about our show, mm -hmm. and as we wrap up here, what I'd like us to... Oh, we wrapped up on Neo pronouns. That's funny. Oh. 
Why, why is that? See, again, I don't get the joke. No, I well, no, the, the reason it's not really a joke. It's just um, I think it's kind of funny that like we ended on such a, con- a like high concept topic and we started talking about Trader Joe's and we're wrapping well, up the so, talking about Neo pronouns. So, so Eva, this is kind of what I was going to say, mm-hmm. not necessarily how the, the show was put together this week as far as when we spoke about what. But what I like about our show is that we can speak about Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. And we can speak about neo pronouns in in the same show. And what I want us to speak more about, like you've you've connected a lot of things in the last two shows to white supremacy. Yeah. Let me. I'm going to say it a little differently, but I I still think accurate and the things I want us to talk about. I mean, I want us to talk about music always. Mm-hmm. I like music. I want us to talk about just things that are happening. But when we get into heavier topics like this, I think. What really is important is that we have a group of people that, frankly, when I say I'm a part of, I don't think I think to that extreme. I I certainly think I need some education, but I don't think to that extreme. But a a large group of people that have had things a certain way, Mm -hmm. like this is the way things have been, and I don't want them to change because either I I think it scares me for whatever reason, or I think it's going to... uh, take away my power in some way and again i don't know how i'm even defining power in this statement but i'm just trying to think of it's not an all or nothing yeah yeah yeah. and and it's this idea that the world is changing Mm -hmm. and that's okay Mm -hmm. and we all should be able to coexist together harmoniously yeah and and i i just think i'd like to talk i'd like us to talk more about things like that because i think when i uh um, when we were t- last week, and I, I don't mean to keep talking about the same topic, it just is the one that keeps popping right. into my head, transphobic type topics. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I brought up was sports. And mm-hmm. you said, well, it's also all this other stuff. And you're correct. The reason I went to sports mm-hmm. is because in my, uh, I felt like there's all these more important things going on with this particular topic. Right. And the people on the far right or even the near right for that matter, mm-hmm. they immediately went to sports. Right. Like this is this is the hor- the most people. horrible thing. The emotional what? appeal. We're going back to the gazpacho police. You know what Americans yeah. love? Sports. They love they love that and they love they love the underdogs and they don't like anyone who they feel is cheating or doing the wrong thing or bad because they want to protect their sports. Like it's an emotional yeah. appeal at the end of the day. So sometimes not even engaging with the central topic like that makes a lot more sense because you can say over and over again, if a trans woman has been on estrogen, their muscles will change. Like their muscle mass will change. Their muscle density will change with with estrogen, especially trans women have to watch to not get osteoporosis because sometimes that will like happen because like your bone density will go down. Right. If you're on testosterone, you will get physically stronger. So it's not we don't have to worry about all of the. And again, I'm going to say I'm going to end up hypothetically misgendering people because this is how the transphobic stuff um like oh all of like the you know i guess i'm sounding a bit turfy i guess in this one um so this pretend this is made up blah, 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 blah. all of the you know trans identified females is what they call them um you know think they're men or whatever and they they hate their bodies because the patriarchy blah, blah, blah. i'm what much i'm actually you probably hear much more of like the far right talking points about trans people i hear a lot tur- i feel up like turfy more stuff so they're like trans exclusion or radical feminists they're they're not they're gonna get squashed by the competition right but testosterone testosterone so if you put enough testosterone in someone's body 
they're going to get stronger. Their muscle, their muscle density is going to change. Their bone density is going to change that sort of stuff. And when it comes to children, if they haven't hit puberty yet, it doesn't matter. Um, does it like, like they really, it's, they're pretty similar that's comparable. So, and then there's like a lot of other talking points in that vein, but basically it's emotional appeal. It's not really, you know, and I think it's very easy to get swept up into that because, you know, if it's things you care about, if it's morals you care about, if you're being called to like a certain idea of like, you know, democracy and togetherness and fairness and justice, people are gonna jump much more to that than anything else. I mean, that's why bathrooms are a big deal, right? No one wants to get assaulted, you know? And if, yeah, and if, right. And if you're setting up the idea that it's unsafe for women to go into bathrooms, blah, 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 blah. Is there any statistical evidence proving this? No, there's literally nothing. No. It doesn't happen. Like, it just doesn't happen. And also, I want to make a note. It's not like the doors yeah. are locked. Men can just walk into the bathrooms anyway. They don't have to go all to the trouble of... <laughs> That's true. Of even, like, like they can just do it. I mean, I, like, yeah. I was, like, I've been in, like, school and... You know, they'd have, like, friends or whatever who are guys. Guys would come into the bathrooms. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like, it's not, you know, I I mean, if, if you've ever been in a public place and there are people in the accessible stalls doing things, that is proof that, that like, literally anyone can walk into a stall. It really doesn't matter. So it's an emotional appeal. It doesn't matter. None of it. Sorry about my mic, but it doesn't matter. So really, it's right. the things we've learned today is emotional appeals. Yeah. I've got to ignore those. Got to get right to the meat of the subject. No one's not racist. Everyone's just on a spectrum. And it is everyone's job to become anti-racist. Yay. And also go to Trader Joe's. Their um, maple ice cream is very good. Again, <laughs> a lot of range on this show today. <laughs> Yes, and everyone cross your fingers for uh, the MCR for albums. Anyway, um, you can hear our podcast other places you want to watch it. Uh, like on Spotify or Apple Music. Listen to it, actually. Oh, yeah, you can listen to it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a multi-sensory experience. You can imagine what our faces look like. That would be cool. Um, you can listen yeah. to it on Spotify, Apple Music. Right. Overcast. Yes. Uh, yes. What's the other one? Amazon, 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 Amazon Music. Amazon Music. So really, yeah, it's other places, where, too. Yeah, you think of a podcast where you listen to it. That's where you go. So you can do that. And we're equally fun every episode. So, you know, don't worry. Every episode's equally fun. So, by the way, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to, we're, we're going to have to play it again. Keep, we're, we're gonna, <laughs> oh, really? Are the ending? Today. It's a long <laughs> ending. So I, I'm going to replay the, the, the outro. Oh, no. Keep going. <laughs> and uh, we thank you all for listening. And did you have anything else to say? I think you've said it all, Eva. Right. I don't know. I've said everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tune in next week because I, I already have more topics. So next week uh, we'll talk about more things. We will never run out of things to talk about on this program. I assure you. Yes. Tell a friend. Tell, tell a friend. Tell all of your friends. Tell everyone you know. Send the link. Like a chain chain email. Be like, if you don't click the link, you know, we're going to we're gonna punch you in the face. And the ghost is going to come from the closet and punch you in the face. Do you remember those old chain emails? Oh, I remember them. <laughs> but on that note... <laughs> We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Our theme song, Hot Shot, is provided by Scott Holmes Music. You can find this and many other songs at scottholmesmusic.com.